a modern podcast where Chris and Mike talk about TV, movies, superheroes, and everything in between. It's time for Superhero Slate! Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name's Chris Dillard. And my name's Mike Royer. And this is the super special spoiler cast for Marvel's Ant-Man! Whoa! Ant-Man, Ant-Man, this is a theme song for Ant-Man. Damn, that's a good theme song. <laughs> yeah, I know, and that's just right off the top of my head, man. Wow. So, first and foremost, there are spoilers in this. Duh. So, don't be yeah. surprised. Yeah, we are going to talk about uh, anything that we want to talk about with any sort of filter. So, if you have not seen this movie... Uh, maybe you're listening to this just because you're a masochist, but uh, I think I think we can definitely safely say we recommend this movie. So go go give it a watch. You know, if you have to wait to listen to this episode, we're okay with that. That's right. So feel free to watch the movie and mm-hmm. let us know what you think as well um, as you watch it because we love feedback. Yeah, and um, also listen to our, our our podcast. We just recorded a podcast for this week, episode twenty-seven, halfway mm-hmm. there. And uh, if you listen to it, we kind of go over it a little bit first. So if you want to get a feel for Ant-Man before you watch it, listen to that. We kind of give you our thoughts. But we, we like it. We really like yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of defer to you. I think maybe we can kind of just um, jump back into our review a little bit. But, you know, this time we don't have to filter anything out. So, you know, you know, catch us back up. What did, what did you think about the film? And then just, you know, what was your favorite part of the film? I'll tell you what. My favorite part of the film is probably the, how they make the small world look and how these like itty bitty things can be resized to to, to great use. Mm-hmm. Uh, an example using the tank keychain is actually a reduced size tank. Oh yeah, I mean that was great. I mean we kept seeing that that keychain throughout the whole film, and I was just like, why does Hank Pym have a tank on his key i mean i didn't i didn't really uh make any connection to it i was just like he doesn't seem like the guy that have a tank maybe it's just you know he's a he's a goofy old man that likes a like a tank so that was kind of cool i i didn't see that coming i have a feeling maybe some other people out there saw it coming but that was really cool but yeah that's definitely where this movie shines you know we were talking about in our initial review of the film uh that this this film is just really unique. I mean, yes, that there have indeed been other films out there about uh, shrinking, about seeing seeing the world, <laughs> seeing the world at a smaller scale. But you know, I really like the way that we we approached it with this film. Um, it's just really fun. Um, I I love the small world, like you said. Um, I I love I love seeing the interaction of these ants. I mean, this movie is really bizarre to sell on, on its surface. You know, you have you have a shrinking, uh, you have a shrinking person that communicates specifically with ants. So it, it's not just any other small creature. It's not like he like he can sympathize with a, a smaller creature's size. It's specifically to an ant. No other insect really. So um, it's kind of weird to sell that, but you know, it it worked. You know, I was you know trying to uh, envision a horde of ants in this film and making sense but they definitely did it right and i i thought it worked really really well yeah i, th- I think you're you're not wrong in any way at all uh, this movie you know again focuses on a smaller subsection of the marvel cinematic universe mm-hmm. and i think that helps it grow and actually be a become part of the larger universe in a, in a good way 
from the moment the film starts, we're introduced to Shield from 1980, 89, I think it was. Yeah, somewhere in the 80s. Uh, it's got Howard Stark and Agent Carter right there mm-hmm. to go. Um, ties it into this younger Hank Pym. Now, most people who are familiar with the comics know Ant-Man is, is, is a title. People become Ant-Man by wearing the Ant-Man suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this doesn't focus on Hank Pym nearly as much as it does Scott Lang, another Ant-Man who you know, initially stole the suit from Hank Pym, which he kind of did in this movie. Yeah. And the the heist portion of it is, is great. And what I really want to point out is the, the use of how this movie tells the story in some parts is really different than any other Marvel film. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a look at Mike. We've talked about Michael Pena's character, and everybody chastised me for this for not mentioning that in my review how great he was in this film. Mm-hmm. Some of the best parts are where he's telling the stories of people telling him about you know these heists they should be doing yeah these hot tips these hot tips and uh you know we even got our stan lee cameo in in one of Mm -hmm. these hot tips where it's michael pina talking and then all these other people are it's like synced up with what he's saying yeah like mouthing his audio which is just which was just hilarious It, it was fun it was it's it's not heavy it played into the spirit of the film it wasn't funny just to be funny Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's just fantastic. I think I think this lighthearted, more family-oriented approach. Thor has family, but it's not like Thor doesn't have kids. You know, mm-hmm. Scott Lang has kids. Hank Pym has kids, and I think that's a different story to tell here. And it, it's I don't know, it's fun. Yeah, I think this is a good point where I kind of want to bring up my first uh, negative because this movie is not without its flaws. Of it, course. It, it, it is fun, which is the the number one checkbox that I want checked when I go to a Marvel movie. So it, it did it, it did its due diligence there. I'm, I'm happy. But when it comes to the family aspect, um, you know, I was excited. I was looking forward to seeing um, – to seeing Scott Lang, you know, fighting for his daughter, you know, I thought maybe uh, he might be doing this because he had a sick daughter. I believe that's kind of how it shook down in the comic books, right? He stole the costume to um, to to help his daughter in the hospital, correct? Yeah, to to get money for her for her sickness. Yeah, so I was kind of expecting Scott Lang to kind of have stronger motivation than just oh i need a job so uh my ex-wife won't think i'm a deadbeat you know i thought that was kind of it was a little weak but i i got over it you know but what i where i really got my family story was with hank pym and and um and hope um it i heard last name is it pym in the in the movie or is it um van Van dyne Dyne. van dyne yeah so I, I mean, there's actually a pretty emotional moment in the film where Hank Pym, you know, um, there's a nice little flashback where we finally get to see the Wasp and Ant Man working together to. Oh um, man, that Wasp! I didn't expect to see her at all in there. To yeah, honest. to to disable that um that uh bomb. I mean, that was pretty emotional. I mean, it's it's kind of. I sometimes I feel like I'm I'm like a, a pin cushion that uh that that uh, anything can kind of uh, set me off. Actually, I don't know if that's the right analogy. I don't know. Sometimes that, 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 you're like a landmine then. Yeah, sometimes I feel like I can be a little bit of a baby, but I was just like, I was like, well, this is kind of this is kind of hitting me a little bit. I mean, it's it's no for the first five minutes of up or anything, but I I thought it was pretty uh, uh, emotional. And I I really liked the connection between the father and daughter there a lot more than than Scott and his daughter. You know, his daughter pretty much played the 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 doting little girl that you know was just little girl for little girl's sake. 
uh, you know, so I really didn't care too much about her. I mean, that makes me sound like a monster or something. You're horrible. You're horrible. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I didn't, I didn't really care too much for her character, and you know, I didn't really care too much for Scott's like family. You know, so basically, the motivation for him to be Ant Man was, I felt like it could have been something totally different. I would have been fine with it. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed the heist aspect of this movie, you know, that kind of what really is driving the plot is they have to, uh, stop the sale of these, uh, I guess, uh, quote unquote, like counterfeit pin particles almost, uh, from this old, uh, the, the, the uh, yellow jacket serum. Um, yeah, but, but what I'm going to, I'm going to, before we go on, I kind of touch back on that family aspect before we go yeah. on. Um, I, I, I think you're right that the. It would have been more true had she been like a sicker daughter, uh-huh. but I like to see that the parallels of like you know Scott like if Scott had stayed on the path of just you know not like, going to prison and again and being like you know the deadbeat that his ex wife thought he was, uh-huh. um he could have done that. But you know Hank Pym saw himself in that and wanted to help him get prevent that from happening. So I think mm-hmm. even though she wasn't sick and you know wasn't exactly much the little girl wasn't much of a character addition mm-hmm. to it that at least the Hank Pym and that emotional aspect was able to parallel with that story and say hey don't be horrible to your daughter or it could end up like us. Yeah, but I mean I I also didn't really like um the motivation for Hank Pym to seek out Scott Lang, you know, oh, he kind of blew the whistle and kind of uh, sabotaged his old workplace. I mean, like, I, I get it, you know, that that's kind of cool, like, you know, like, screw the man and everything, but I felt like, you know, Hank Pym, you know, there could have been a stronger reason for him to seek out Scott Lang. Like maybe he was infamously known through like an underground crime ring for pulling off an impossible heist. And that's kind of what was laid out. Yeah, but we that's really, what he did, yeah. Yeah, but we really didn't get much detail about it, what really made him special. So either way, I'm glad he finally managed to get his way into the suit. You know, just kind of one of my gripes was just how he got there. But, you know, that being said, once he once he got there, once he got in that suit and started playing around with it, you know, the movie really took off for me. Well, see, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the other end and say when he got in the suit, he didn't use his heist abilities as much. Mm-hmm. Um, he used the ants rather than, you know, his ingenuity, like when he broke into that safe to get the suit the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very Iron Man-esque, I felt like. That's Tony Stark in a... Tony Stark built this in a cave kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of stopped using that when he got the suit. And I wish we'd seen more of that. Yeah, kind of just some more problem solving. I mean, that's the reason why he picked him. Where yeah. do we see that again? Right. And we saw it in the Falcon fight. And that was something else I didn't see coming. Oh, yeah. Let's just talk about that. I think that could easily be one of my fav- my favorite moments of the film. Oh man! So I'm just I'm just gonna lay it out, you know. So I'm sitting there, I'm I'm watching the movie, and we're like, oh, we have to go, uh, we have to go. I don't even remember what the thing was. It they, didn't had, even they really... had to get the electromagnet to, to simulate a signal. Yeah, it didn't even really matter what it was, honestly. But he had to go steal something, you know. He had to go test out his powers in this little area that was some sort of old Avengers uh, warehouse or Tony Stark warehouse or whatever they whatever they said it was at the beginning. And I'm just thinking in my head, I'm like, oh man, that would be kind of cool you know if, if he shows up and maybe there's a hero there or something and i was like no that's not gonna happen but then when when he uh, he pulls off that blueprint over the monitor and then it's uh the actual like avengers headquarters i was just like yes this is awesome 
and then and so that just really sets like the anticipation for me I'm like oh my god we're gonna see but see somebody is he gonna be like crawling through the the compound is he gonna like see vision just eating a bowl of cereal or something that's kind of actually what i was hoping to see just something silly like that <laughs> But then the Falcon came in, and we actually got a really cool hand-to-hand combat scene of him fighting an Avenger. And man, that was so cool! Yeah, honestly, I know, I know, an Avenger made up just simply from like the headlines of some of the things that I never clicked because I didn't want to see who it was. Uh-huh. And, and when it showed up, and it was Falcon, I'm like, that's awesome! Like, if anyone you could have picked, like Captain America, would have been like, you know, ten seconds, been like, yeah, oh hey, you know this guy? Here you go, take the take the stuff. But yeah, like, and they fought for it, and 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 Scott won. Yeah, and this is this is a public service announcement for people out there to not watch TV spots. I was told that the appearance of Falcon and uh, an, another part of this movie towards the end uh, was spoiled in TV spots. I mean, come on, people. I mean, that's just I hate. I'm so glad I don't have cable and I don't have to suffer through commercials anymore. I would have been so pissed if something like that was revealed just on TV. Because it was just such a joy to see this connection to these other movies being an actual person. That was so much fun. Yeah, and uh, it was great that they both had like their technology enhancements and to see who could win with their uh-huh. technology at hand. Uh, a fun fact about that, the, when they did this and they picked uh, the Falcon, they filmed it in that new suit he's in. Uh-huh. They had to go back and refilm his Age of Ultron appearance because they had him in his old Falcon suit in that one. Oh, <laughs> so uh, that new Falcon suit in Age of Ultron is based on his Ant Man uh, appearance. Oh, that's cool, man. So, uh, fun fact there. Um, but yeah, we're gonna go back to the heist aspect of this, you know, because this that was technically a heist as well, um, mm-hmm. just a different way. But um, I love like it starts off, you know, with with a heist to get this Ant Man suit, and then you know they have to break into the, like the the place at the end. The I guess it was Pym Lab still, but it was gonna be called Cross. Uh-huh. Labs or something. Uh, when he got in there, and then we find out it's all uh, on him. Like I don't know, it was great. I liked it. And what I didn't see coming was the enlarging discs. Like those, oh yeah, those, those discs exist in the comics, and uh, they've used them before. But I didn't see those coming. Actually, mm-hmm. that was that was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I think um, I so I like the idea. I like the concept of involving a heist. Uh, in this movie, but I have to say it's not the greatest heist I've ever seen. I mean, I think even the Oceans movies, Oceans 11, 12, and 13 had better heists in them because they're legitimate heist movies. This was Uh a superhero movie with, you know, with a heist theme, what I would say, because, you know, still at the end of the movie, we get an an all-out superhero brawl. So, um, you know, I, I thought it could have been stronger. I felt like it almost didn't really have any stakes to it. That's kind of what gets you really involved in a heist is everybody has everything on the line and uh, anything can go wrong at any second. And I didn't really feel like that in this movie. I was just like, well, oh, if anything goes wrong, he's a freaking superhero. He'll just do some super awesome superhero stuff. And I was never too worried about the heist failing. So when it actually ended up being like, oh, I'm the bad guy. I knew you were coming the whole time. It felt like it took a little steam out of it for me. But then luckily he, you know, he used those discs and like he broke free and then um, stuff started going crazy. And that's when when uh, everything got fun again. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, it sounds like a little confusing there that, you know, like, you know, they didn't have any stakes on the line. But when he got caught, you lost steam because I think that would be like the most stakes. Is that you know he was caught, 
But I think the little parts of it added up, like the van outside. Yeah, and, there were definitely little aspects that, and, that you could enjoy from it. And uh, the the new, I guess his his ex-wife's new husband or whatever, who's the cop who just happened to show up. I thought he could really ruin that. Like, I thought they were going to have to rethink the heist on, on, on something else there with that. Because I didn't yeah. see him coming. He kind of popped up out of nowhere. Yeah, but even sometimes that's the best part. Sometimes it's better when something goes wrong and someone has to think on their feet and really think of a new scenario, but we didn't really have too much of that. Um, I, basically, what I'm saying is this was like it was like a light. It was like a heist light, you know, heist diet. You know, we we got glimpses of it. It wasn't the best I've ever seen, but it was still good. I'm not right. I'm not saying it was bad, but you know, comparing it to everything else I've seen, you know, I really I I really like heist movies. I think heists are like super fun. So yeah, I was kind of expecting a little bit more, but you know, it, it's not a big knock on the film. It picks back up uh, really really quickly, and we get some more really really cool uh, shrinking stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, I think which I, is the stuff we like is the shrinking stuff. It is, and I think the first heist the into the the house was the better one mm-hmm. because, like you said, we we talked about it. he had to think on his feet. He had to be engine his engineer had to kick in. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that because like you know he broke in and he had to take the safe down blow up the mattress put up the sheet for the bolts mm-hmm. uh, i wish we would have seen more like that in the second one i, I mm-hmm. agree with you there but the shrinking stuff they filmed that with macro lenses and that uh-huh. looks awesome oh yeah it looks it looks so good i love the visuals that they put on it and you know now making like a small person in a big world you know is is one of the easier things that you can do. So now I feel like they can really kind of do it to an expert level now. And, you know, that was just like the really fun stuff. And then I really, I really liked towards the, this uh, second half of the movie when we got to see things start to get big, or I guess towards the end. And that was really, really fun because we've been seeing everything on such a small scale this whole movie. Then all of a sudden things start blowing up and getting super big. And it was just like, whoa, this is super cool. (laughs) Yeah. Like we had the train and the ant grow big uh-huh. Um, what I, I I honestly honestly in my heart I thought they were gonna go giant man aspect, uh huh, and that was gonna be how the the movie ended with the giant man versus the yellow jacket, uh huh, and it, they didn't, and that's okay. I, yeah, that, I, I, that leaves I it think, open for a future. I, I think they're gonna save it uh, for possibly Thanos. But at the at the end of it, whenever he's going into the microverse, uh-huh. uh huh, that's you know a whole different universe. That's something you know. That's pretty ballsy to touch on in a in a intro Marvel movie. Yeah, I was wondering if we were if we were gonna get to see that, and I, you know, I liked how he had to do that. Yeah, it was very trippy. Uh, that's some unique inspiration to get down to this microverse. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently, one of the things you can actually see someone's shadow or an outline of someone there behind Scott that he doesn't see. Yeah, that's that's what I've been hearing. So. Uh, there are two speculations, two two popular ones. One is, you know, it's Janet Van Dyne, the, mm-hmm. the Wasp, who was shrunk down to the microverse. Uh, the other one is it's the Marvel's, you know, uh, embodiment of uh, Eternity, because mm-hmm. that's actually a character, and apparently it looked like that. I didn't see it the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. I have two camera versions. Uh, I can't find it in there either. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I, yeah. I, I I don't think it's the the Wasp. I think you know. Uh, I think they're leaving uh, Pim's legacy and Wasp's legacy behind. I think from here on forward, it's all going to be about Scott Lang and Hope. So uh, I, I think they're leaving that stuff to bed right now. So I, And I think even if it could possibly be Eternity, that's such a vague concept to uh, to get across in a film. I mean, in a comic, it makes more sense that you can do kind of stranger out, 
outside things like that. But I mean, we're barely just tapping into the cosmic universe as it is. You know, I don't think we should be jumping into these like giant um, uh, abstract creatures that is the well, eternity. Well, I, I, I again, I'm going to disagree because if we're in the microverse. Like that's pretty abstract in itself. Um, because you know there are like there are whole like there were several series involving the microverse, like uh, a Carnage series in the microverse. If you could imagine Carnage going to the microverse, <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't. But think there is really... someone there. Who do you think it is? If you don't think it's those two, I I, I honestly think it, it's just there for the sake of being there. I think it would be kind of interesting if it was an eternity because that just kind of gives you more fun strings you can pull on to see what it could possibly be. You know. I don't think we really need the Wasp to come back. I don't think we necessarily need a giant family reunion of all these uh, characters that can grow and shrink. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I, I, th- I think it's just cool. I, li- I like the speculation. You know, I like it when everything's not told and we don't know exactly who it's going to be. And we can kind of just daydream about it. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm still going. I'm going with Janet. I don't know if she'll ever appear. Um, mm-hmm. But if if she does out of nowhere, it'll be interesting. Probably like a secret kind of thing. Either way, I think it's Janet. That's my speculation on that point. Uh, what other Easter eggs did you see? I know you you texted me one big one there towards the end of it. Oh yeah. Uh, so towards the end, we get another uh, nice little Michael uh, Pena moment where he's uh where he's laying down the, the stitch, if you will, um, his hot his hot lead that Falcon's trying to look for him. And we got this uh, cool little thing where uh, you got to be more specific uh, because uh, Falcon's asking someone about uh, it's a superhero. news reporter. Yeah, yeah, and and I believe it was uh, we got somebody that jumps, we got someone that swings, we got someone that crawls on walls. Got to be more specific, man. Yeah. So, so what what does that mean? That that is our like our first. Uh, I'm going to say official cinematic nod to the to Spider Man joining the universe and man that's just super fun to see that they can do that yeah especially in a in such a, a turnaround again honestly i think they could have put that in there without hurting sony <laughs> uh-huh. because anyone can crawl on walls right um, yeah but but i think that that's awesome uh, it's small it's subtle it's not you know full out him in costume uh-huh but it's still great i think i think yeah. it's a good time yeah, but, you know, it sounds like we're going to be jumping into these uh, after credit scenes here really quick. But before we do that, I want to touch on my last point where I specifically want to talk about Paul Rudd in this movie. Because Paul Rudd kind of brought you my You want to fav- talk about Paul Rudd. Well, uh, this, this might surprise you. He brought some of my favorite things in the movie and some of my not-so-favorite things. So, so let me explain. So... Paul, Paul Rudd is is a darling. I I, I love American Paul American treasure. American um, treasure. He he's just hilarious. I I love his sense of humor, and that just really makes me love everything he's in. And um, and I I just think he's he's really great. And I, I'm glad they they cast him in a Marvel movie, and I get to see him in the future. And I was just imagining through this whole film, like, oh, I can't wait until he's grouped up with the Avengers, these other heroes. He's making these uh, these uh, Paul Rudd esque uh, humor commentary on things, and you know, he's he's just there, and he feels really out of place. But hey, he can shrink, and he's going to do funny stuff being small. You know, I'm really looking forward to that. But at the same time, I was just like, Paul Rudd just kind of seems out of place in this movie, and, and you know, I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit. Like, he just seems to be uh, standing out from all these other characters that are going on. You know, sometimes it's really, really funny, uh, but sometimes it seems like 
you're being very much Paul Rudd in this film. Like he's being too ruddy, if you will. Uh, so oh, I, you, you didn't do that. So I, I think he's gonna work really, really well in a large group with other heroes. But him standing alone, uh, driving the film, it's kind of hard for me to take him seriously because he's so he's so funny. You know, I never really emotionally connected to Scott in this whole movie. I definitely emotionally connected to um, you know hank and his daughter like i said i just never really felt like he took much of it too seriously you know i i don't think that's necessarily his acting i think you know paul rudd just kind of plays a a specific type of character and i think it's going to work well in the marvel universe but you know i thought there were some parts in in the movie where i was kind of expecting a little bit of emotion uh, it, uh, and a little bit did pop up and it was really really great um when he got into the car with uh, Hope and he was trying to convince her to stay on with the plan and he was just like, you know, he cares about you. I'm expendable, you know. The whole reason I'm here is because you're not. You know, I really like that connection he made with her. But then, you know, through the rest of the movie, it was just like, you know, fun, fun, joke, joke, joke. And the jokes were funny, but sometimes I was just like, come on, Paul Rudd, I kind of want to see you shred a tear a little bit. I want to see you show a little bit of range. So basically what I... You know, what I'm saying is I'm looking forward to seeing him in the Avengers movie. I'm looking forward to him popping up in Civil War. But, you know, I was kind of hoping for a little bit a little bit more range in this movie from him. So I will – I want to take two things out of this. Um, okay. First things first is I think the reason we got that is we got uh, Scott Lang. Uh, we have a drama film going on with Hank Pym and, and Hope and mm-hmm. Darren Cross. We have a drama and then we have the Ant-Man story on top of that, which mm-hmm. is more comedic. So I think the heist, although it's a heist genre, it's combining those two elements, those two mm-hmm. other genres. And I think that's where you're kind of getting that mixed feeling vibe. And, mm-hmm. I, and again, it's not, it's not. I don't know if it's anyone's fault per se, but that's just kind of how the story fell. Yeah. Like you have the, the heist that's funny and his crew's hilarious and oh yeah (laughs) but then you have like you know the business you know drama like soap opera style you know you're not my real dad but you are my real dad kind of deal going on Uh on the other side and i think those make didn't mix as well as as we hope they could yeah well you know i think before we like uh we jump into these uh after credit scenes which i think were just a gem and really fun you know i kind of want to hear what you thought about the villain you know, you you uh, I think you've done a little bit more analysis of this film than I have needed to do because you specifically wrote a written review for this. So I feel like you've had a chance to to marinate on it a little bit more. You know, because that is that is a legitimate concern that I think the Marvel movies still need to solve is is creating uh, great villains. And I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of hubbub about this, how they don't think Yellow Jacket was the best villain. So I want to know specifically what you think about that, real quick. So it's going to be hard to create a best villain when you have Thanos and Loki at the top of the food chain. Uh-huh. Uh, it's going to be really hard. However, I hold Darren Cross up there, uh, you know, th- maybe third or fourth. Wow. To be honest. Because he actually has a reason for being angry. Mm-hmm. A lot of the Marvel people don't have reasons for being angry. I look at Ronan. He just started the movie angry. Yeah. Like, he didn't really have much else to go from. But Darren, you know... He talks about you know Michael Douglas, the Hank Pym. He felt like that was his dad, that was his family. But why uh-huh. wouldn't he share those secrets with him? Like, why do I have to do it all and you just give it to this thief? Mm-hmm. I think he felt he he portrayed a scorned son, more so a scorned child, more so than you know any other character we've seen. If mm-hmm. we looked Iron Man one, Obadiah Stane is kind of like that. 
He's, mm-hmm. you know, Tony Stark is a prodigal son. Why didn't Obadiah get the whole company? Iron Man 2 really didn't have anybody going on. Uh, it, I, honestly, I think he, he holds up because he has a reason in there. That mm-hmm. his history with Hank Pym holds him up higher than the other villains. Because he's got that history there. And this is something, like, you know, a lot of people may overlook at first. But I mean, he he talks about it a lot. Like, that's why he talks about his reasons for why he's so angry and why he's doing this. Like, mm-hmm. why he's yeah. trying to do it. There's one thing I, I wish we could have seen with his character. is I wish we could have seen him as a good guy very slightly at the beginning of the movie because there's a, a very strong theme through this film that these pin particles can make you go mad. They can make you crazy. They, they can they make just, you a bad guy. You are right. They jumped right into that. That's one of the things I feel like his creation of the serum, like mm-hmm. when he got it to work, they kind of just like he just did it one yeah. day in a, in a scene. Like, of course, he's working in the backgrounds, but they just the, the film blatantly ignored that part. And also yeah. that part, he's like, she's like, oh, the pin, the particles made you go crazy. And you're like, well, he mentioned that like 20 minutes ago, but what the hell does that have to do with anything now? Yeah. I mean, I wish they could have just elaborated on his, you know, process. Maybe there could have been, I mean, there was a little bit of a montage of him trying to, uh, to shrink, to shrink, you know, living life. I don't know. Maybe there could have been more of a montage where he's like, tur- like in real turmoil and it's really making him go mad. You know, I, I felt flashbacks. like flashbacks. He needed flashbacks with younger Hank Pym. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I wanted to see him be the good guy, transform into the bad guy. So, you know, it, it makes him a little bit better than some of the other villains, but I, I definitely wanted to see I wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see more of the transformation because it's really important. It's definitely important that we know that these pin particles make you go crazy because that's kind of infamously what makes him pin, Hank Pym hit his wife, you know, that what puts all this like, crazy temper into his body. And that's specifically the reason why he couldn't jump back into the suit. So I felt like they should they should have hit on that more, and uh, they just didn't they just didn't take the opportunity, and I, I I think that really could have changed the whole film, um, but you know it it still ended up being okay. We still got some cool fights out of them, uh, but yeah they they had a chance to really elevate the villain, and they missed out. Yeah, but and, and yeah, and as long as you know like you watch it, it he is again like I said, I, I watched it a little closer because I feel like you know Marvel does have a villain problem. Mm-hmm. And and I think this is a good step in in the right direction, mm-hmm. but they tried to tell us why he was mad rather than show us. Exactly, that's in the best visual, way to in say In a visual it. medium, and they should mm-hmm. show us more. So as we move into the future, yeah. And I think they uh, real quick. I think they shoehorned Hydra in there a little bit, but um, they they always seem to be around and be the bad guys. But you know, if you've been watching Agents of Shield, I was kind of under the impression that Hydra was kind of laying low for a while. So I was kind of getting conflicting uh, feelings there from what I've been getting from the well, TV show. So the, the, this know. is this is several months after the show, um, since the show ended around when Age of Ultron ended. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Ward was starting to start Hydra up again, so they may be doing well under Ward. We'll have to see when season three comes Man. back, what's been up. Yeah, we'll have to see, but, um, I, I, I specifically want to hear you talk about the first after credit scene. Oh because my God, that, blew my mind. Because <laughs> that's what I want to know, because that was, that was the scene that was spoiled for me. You know, I, I told you, uh, uh, early last week that a scene was spoiled for me, but I, but I didn't want to get specific because I've. Because you you are intelligent enough to to figure it out if I would have gave you any sort of context. So uh, tell me tell me how that reveal went for you. Okay, are, are you talking about the the suit for the wasp suit? 
Yes, exactly. Oh my! I had no idea the wasp was in the movie to begin with. The older one, uh-huh. uh, and the fact that I knew he probably had another suit laying around, uh-huh. and that she was gonna get some sort of thing. But I didn't. I expected to just, her just to be in a suit one day, and like show up beside Ant Man. Like, and if mm-hmm. that was a post credit scene, rather than this reveal of what it is, and he's like, "We're gonna finish this together." That's an awesome looking. Like the wasp suit's pretty awesome looking. Yeah, it's great, and uh, I. I, 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 I'm blown away by it. Mine was blown. Man, man, I'm jealous. I really wish I could have been blown away. You know, it was spoiled for me. It's it's just kind of one of those uh, one of those things that you have to expect might happen when you try to keep up with all this Marvel news and you're subscribed to so many comic book resources online. You know, it was just a, it was just a it was just a ill timed click that happened to open up a screenshot of that. But it, it was still really cool. I I, I liked the scene. I think I really, really liked Hope's character in the whole film. I think, you know, I think she kind of had the most emotion. She had the most uh, strife throughout the film. So I'm really looking forward to her in the Marvel Universe in the future. Yeah, um, I want to see Wasp. I, I do, like, really bad. So uh-huh. I'm glad I'm glad we got her. And I'm glad, I think people will be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the second credit scene. Oh, woo! Man, that second credit scene uh, is something that we haven't gotten in a long time. So specifically, the feeling of getting a real strong look at what's coming. You know, a lot of these after credit scenes we've been getting, they're like cheeky nods. They're fun jokes. Phase you know, two sucked. We're yeah. gonna be, I mean, phase two was just a joke to make you stay through the credits. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's nice to get it. i rather have little jokes and nothing at all. But man, I love just how totally unexpected it was. You know, we you know we hear Falcon. You know, he he's in a room. He's standing next to some sort of person lumped over. You know, we don't know who it is. And then he says like, "Hey Cap," I don't remember exactly what he says. I don't like, "Hey Cap, come over, take a look at oh, this." No, or what, what, are, what are we gonna do with him? Yeah, something something like that. I filmed and, it. I know it's on my phone. Okay, and and then um then Cap walks over. So like, man, we're getting Cap, a big a big heavy hitter in the Avengers. Like, oh, I'm seeing Cap. This is good. And then bam, huge reveal. It's Bucky, and like that is just huge. I was expecting that we weren't gonna see a glimpse of Bucky until uh, Civil War, and he might not pop up right away, or it was going to be some sort of crazy adventure to find out where Bucky is or what's going on. But man, we got it right at the end of an Ant Man movie, totally out of left field. Um, I don't know exactly what Bucky was trapped. It's a big vice. His, yeah. his metal arm is trapped in a vice. Uh, it's actually, I think it's a scene from Civil War. Oh, you think so? I'm pretty sure that's what Kevin Feige said. That it's actually a scene taken from Civil War. To, to get everyone ready because oh wow even even more so like there what are we gonna do if we can't take him to iron man because of the accords well what are the accords uh-huh. we don't know yet but then falcon's like i know a guy and who's that guy ant-man it's gonna be ant-man oh man that's gonna be so cool so we're gonna get this this i'm i'm just imagining the scene where like scott lang kind of strolls in like feeling like super important because he's like part of the team now and he's just like oh yeah i can take care of that just shrinks down does a little ant-man stuff and then he's just like yeah man i'm part of the avengers now like that was just such a cool scene i love i absolutely love getting those after credit scenes where we actually get a glimpse of what's coming and get it get a little taste I mean, I don't know if this happens to you, but when I'm in a Marvel movie and I know I'm starting to get towards the end of the film and there could be some sort of crazy bombastic action scene going on right now and all of a sudden I kind of check out for a couple of seconds and I realize 
there's an after credit scene coming up soon. I'm going to I'm going to get a glimpse of what's going to be happening in the future here soon and then I have to check back into what's going on. So I really look forward to these when they start to come up and man, that last after credit scene delivered and it was right at the very end and, and like it was a perfect way to end the film and I I uh. hope I hope this is a trend going forward with Marvel again. Mm-hmm. Um having like, you know, here's your story, how it's going to progress as the first post credit scene. Mm-hmm. And then the actual post credit scene is something in the future because like, this is was a serious, dark, gritty post credit scene. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. kind, it wasn't friendly. Uh, Cap Cap looked pretty rough in it. Um, but I'm I want to see those. I want to see them more because Phase Three is not going to be a happy phase. No. Uh, leading up to Infinity War, there's hardly going to be anything happy about it. I feel mm-hmm. and and they need to really nail that home. Like this is a desolate time. Because the Avengers are broken, and mm-hmm. they need to be together before this impending doom comes. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. So I, I thought this was a... So this was technically the end of Phase 2, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. So I, I think this was a good way to end it. I love the smaller scale film. It was a nice kind of breather from the from the giant bombastic action that we got in Ultron. This is definitely a recommend. There's problems with it for sure. It's not in the bottom of the barrel Marvel movie. Uh, we reported it's on our... It's better than Terminator. <laughs> yeah, we reported in our um, in our um, episode twenty seven of of, the, of superhero slate that you know it's not doing the best at the box office. It's 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 not a it is box it's office actually it's actually doing the best at the box office. It is number one. Yeah, before but, we start feeling negative about yeah, it's, lo- it's it's a lower number, but it's still negative one. Yeah, but either way, I thought this was. I mean, when we th- when we first heard that there was going to a- be an Ant Man movie, everyone was worried. We were just like, oh man, there's so many ways to mess this up, but this was not messed up. It was great, and I I love the film. I'm looking forward to watching it again. I'm I'm gonna go see it again this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna go see it. The drive-in. It's at 80 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, it's mm-hmm. this is a great film. It's a great addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. A great introduction film to the character, mm-hmm. and I think it, even though it's smaller and on scale it still helps build that bigger universe as another mm-hmm. piece that we need going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh man, it was great. It was fun. I'm looking forward to Marvel phase three. I'm, I'm still hyped. Marvel, you seem to do no wrong. That's right. And uh, the next Marvel film we get is civil war. So take a deep breath for that one. Yeah. And, you can, we, we can, we will have to wait a while. Yeah, you can rest assured there'll be a spoiler cast for that. But I guess on the horizon, our next spoiler cast is going to be for um, Fantastic Four, correct? I believe so. We're gonna. I wanted to start doing more spoiler casts. Uh, mm-hmm. We we did our first one as Age of Ultron, and that turned into a beast of a, of a recording. Mm-hmm. And I think going forward, I like to do more. How about you? You like to do more? Yeah, yeah. I would love to do more. I th- I think as long as they uh they align with um the superhero ness, we're gonna we're gonna be all over it for sure. Sweet. Sweet. So, um, as usual, Mike, where can they find you after this they, spoiler cast? Well, sir, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter or Instagram. And as always, you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. What about you, Chris? Where can they find you? Go on Twitter. Search Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. I'm there. I'm there. Trust me. You can count on me to be there. Or you can read my stuff on comicui.com. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Facebook and we have a website. So whichever one you want, read them there. Checks out. 
do that stuff. Oh, man, that's great. And as always, you can visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the number one resource for our show where you can find all the links to everything, our, our show notes for our regular episodes. You can find links to everything we talk about. I mean, it, it it's really it, – I, I mean, obviously, I kind of have a skewed perspective here, but I think it's the best website on the internet. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I, I – I have uh, nothing else to compare it against, so yes, it is the oh. best. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, visit SuperheroSite.com and, and get a, a wonderful, unforgettable experience. Um, please, as always, if you like listening to this stuff, uh, go uh, review us on iTunes. Uh, that, that helps us uh, get seen. It helps us get more listeners, and all we want to do is uh, share our joy for these Marvel movies. And, man, I look forward to these spoiler casts, so these are always fun, and I think it's a great addition to our, uh, our series of episodes here. Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm looking forward to more of these going forward, more comic book movies and superhero movies. 2016 is going to be huge, and uh, honestly, we're over half a year's worth of episodes, so if you've missed any, go back, listen to them. Uh, that's a whole, that's, that's over one full day's worth of listening to us. Yeah, we are, we are churning out this content, and I hope yeah. you guys are enjoying it. Yeah, so um, that's it for the spoiler cast. This small one turned into a pretty pretty large cast, so we're going to go. We don't know how to shut up, man. <laughs> it was a good movie. We couldn't help it. Yeah. So, all right, dudes. Well, we will catch you on the flip-flop. All right. Bye, boys and girls. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.